Hey, everyone. This podcast is part of Story Mode, the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. You can support us and gain access to other great exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman by heading over to patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y Unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Halbkasten mit Tom Reimann an David Bell. Hello, everyone. Hello! Oh man, what an episode of Hypecast! Hypecast! <laughs> the Hype. show where we get hyped about stuff and things. I'm your co-host, Hype. Tom Ryman. I'm your other co-host, David Bell. And now you go! Yeah! <laughs> and now me! Uh, I'm I'm a guest, and my name is Vanessa Guerrero. Some of you might have known me at some point as uh, Vanessa Gritton, and uh, that was just a... Old last name that I was like holding on to for a while, and yeah. now I don't. <laughs> Sweet, Welcome. thank you. Excited to be on. I uh, I love being hype. I love talking about coming attractions. Uh, this feels already like the uh, let's all go to the movies energy that I needed. Oh hell yeah! It's, I haven't yeah, heard it, someone call it coming attractions in so, like a decade. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> since I That's saw great. since I saw like the babe in the theaters. Yeah. Oh my god. It's been since like 1992. <laughs> thank oh, you man. for being on. Yeah, thank you welcome. so much for doing the show. Welcome. Yes. Uh how you been? How's your day going? Pretty good thus far actually. We're like settling into our new place. Uh my husband talked to the ice cream truck that patrols the neighborhood into stopping in front of our house twice a day. Um That's great. Oh, we got so, one of those here too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except this guy's got soft serve and nachos, so that's going to, like, fuck my sodium oh, up for the rest shit. of my life. That's <laughs> amazing. Holy I, shit. If our ice cream man sold nachos, I'd be out there every fucking day with, my, with yeah. a little change purse. I <laughs> am. <laughs> <laughs> like, can, you put, can you put ice cream on the nachos? <laughs> Don't look at me I'm like that. I'm going to ask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my goodness! You guys uh, remember those Ninja Turtle ones with yes, the gumball with the bubble gum eyes? eyes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, that was the shit. That Rip was the him shit right, right out of there. his face, just tearing Leonardo's eyes out. Yeah, that There's, was my jam. I love those. Or the Spider-Man one. Although there was one Ooh. that, for the longest time, I thought was one of those things that you just like. I don't know. I feel like we all have like childhood memories of like products or shows that didn't actually exist that we kind of just like made up and thought was real. Sure, oh, for sure. Yeah, it's a Mandela uh, effect. But I, I remember yeah. the Spider-Man one you refer to. Mm-hmm. Well, that was real I'm, as hell. Yeah, yeah most I, I, most of those characters had like the ex- like an identical ice cream bar. It was just it was the same shit, and they just made it in whatever that character's right. face was. And shoved yeah, the bubble we gum in his we face. all we all grew up in different areas of the of the country, I imagine, and so like that's wild to me that that's like ice cream trucks were so on the ball nationally. That they're like, no, we're going to have these. We're going to have the Ninja Turtles. We're going to have the Spider-Mans. I figure they all order from the same distributor. I imagine it's... 
But like, what is that pyramid? Like, is there a like? Because I'm I'm sure they're not all the same company, right? Uh, they're just all like you said, ordering from the same. Central, what if it's like, one guy though? One guy yeah, putting there... cross-eyed gumballs on all of these licensed characters. Oh, I hope I, so. Yeah, that's that's I... the, that's the Ron Howard movie I want to see. <laughs> I want to follow this all the way to the top and see yeah. like who's running this empire. Nobody but there was really. One that was, no, but there's one that was like discontinued that I was like obsessed with that I just found out was actually real and I didn't mm. make up. What was it? Yeah. It was called Mickey's Parade. Um, huh. And they were juice pops that weren't like the faces. They were like better. They were more well done than they had any right to be because they straight up just look like perfect castings of each character's like full body, like a purple Mickey or like an orange Donald or whatever on a stick. And they were fantastic. That's uh, incredible. Um, yeah. I just looked it up. I absolutely remember Mickey's Parade. Yes, is, right? Yeah. I was oh obsessed with those. I've got to Google it. Shit. Yeah, I know. Yeah. They're like prettier than they have any right to be because like you kind of just assume anything made for kids is just like kind of shitty and slapdash because most of the ice creams that we have are like, like we said, these cross-eyed monstrosities that like look mm-hmm. like they're begging for death. Um, but these look like they could just be like straight up toys. Right. Uh, oh yeah, I remember these. Fuck yeah! Right. It's kind yes. of it's, <laughs> it's part of the fun that they beg for death because you feel okay. These they're in the prime of their life when mm. you take them out. That's right. So that's he, kind of a shame. Donald had like thirty good years left him, and I bit yeah. his head off. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Sorry, man. <laughs> these oh, whole, everybody uh, stop and Google these. Mm-hmm. They look delicious. They, remind, they do. They look remind delicious. me of um, squeeze its a little bit. Oh yeah, I loved those squeeze-its. Mm-hmm. That's something oh, I can't God, say without sounding weird as shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody knows what you mean. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. We should probably. You should we should we get into this? Yeah, I guess we can get into this. Right, but first, we it. got some producers to name. Uh, we got a new producer. Uh, special thanks to the baby from Eraserhead. Sure. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> I mean, I'm picturing you now, listening, listening to us. Thank you. To the baby from Eraserhead. Uh, thank you to Chiz Lily Tits. <laughs> thank you. Yes. Uh, other, another new one that's going to be an interesting one to keep saying. Uh, thank you to Marshall Law. Mm. All caps. Thank you. Thank you to these seven bees. Thank wow. you to Breezy Ruizy. Thank Woo. you. Thank you to Davy Francis for The Revenge. Oh, that's the, the second best one. Best. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, thank you to MVB. Thank you very much. Thank you to Phaedrus. Thank you very much. Thank you to Ryan, the silly money goose. Thank you to Chester's Prophet. Thank you to definitely not Guillermo del Toro. I don't buy it. I don't. Yeah, we're on to you. Yeah. Uh, thank you to Brian, who Tom knows. I do. I do. That's yeah. true. All right, let me step in yeah. here. Thank you to Doc, wear a mask, you fucks, Garby. Thank you. Thank you to Bob Grenville. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to Steven. Sure, nice. Steven. Always a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you to Down Home Chicken. Thank uh, you. Thank you to Hantumi the Confused Cyborg. Thank, Thank you to you. Asking Seven. Thank, Thank you to you. Hey, Fuck You, I'm Happy Ed. Nice. Thank you. Thank you to I Was Born to Stare. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Dragon the Bus Driving Vampire. Dracula. Thank you to Tiger George Pratt Thompson. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Nice. Thank you to Dan Hackroyd. Thank you, Dan. And thank you. The Kool-Aid man says, get your vaccine. COVID sucks. I have proof. 
Show us the proof. Show us Kool-Aid the proof, man. Kool-Aid man. Yeah. Now I hope you feel better. Yeah, and I think we mentioned this last time, but yeah, a pitcher full of Kool-Aid is just swimming with <laughs> bacteria and viruses. <laughs> just like the primordial ooze like it's so full chock full of shit that it's just going to become something at some point yeah it's like when it's like when ice in a gutter melts it's like oh god (laughs) is that a bone um anyway (laughs) trailers (laughs) trailers we're we're uh oh man we got the new loki trailer yeah yeah what do we think? What do oh, we think of I'm, this? I'm extremely on board. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm just in general on board for like anything else Tom Hiddleston vehicles because I feel like that's just an actor that I always want to see more of. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I'm psyched for Loki. I loved WandaVision, but I've kind of like, I feel like I like I'll have like one Marvel thing that I get really psyched about, and then in like my excitement plateaus for a little bit until something else like particularly weird comes along. And I'm mm-hmm. thinking Loki's gonna be that weird thing for me. Yeah, I agree. I I really like what they're what they're mm-hmm. showing here. WandaVision didn't quite work for me. I started uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and boy, am I bored. Oh God, uh, me so too. Far. But oh, this I'm, en- looks, I'm enjoying that. It's fine. It's it's it's, fine. it's 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 very standard Marvel shit, but I, I yeah. like I like the story they're they're spinning out there about I, like oh I well, <coughs> well I'm sure we'll cover it white supremacy and all those other things yeah I'm sure yeah. I'll cover it. yeah I love the broad strokes of it I just don't find it very charismatic scene by scene I guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but this I don't know this just looks fucking fun it looks like it can go so many places right we're gonna it's such see a, it's such a weird idea to throw in this like terry gilliam like bureau of time agents and it's their job to yeah. preserve the timeline and their boss is owen wilson yes yeah all is of this, this anything in the comics like this tom I do you know? i don't know so okay. i've read i don't know in terms of just like the overall story but in terms of just like every version of loki a lot of my like favorite properties usually have loki but now he's a dog in it um <laughs> so oh, like yeah uh woman loki in uh ragnarok was really good that, yeah that storyline or my particular favorite kid loki um <laughs> Kid Loki is one of my absolute favorites, which you see a lot of in uh, Young Avengers specifically. The Young Avengers run that um, Kieran Gillian and pff, Jamie McKelvey worked on, where they like it's the like the first time you got to see America Chavez like flashed out more as a character in general. Just like really good teen dynamics. It feels like you know like what if Brian Leo Malley did like a Marvel thing, mm-hmm. um, and Kid Loki in that. D- reminded me a little bit of this in terms of just like someone that is very aware of like all of the different forms that they have taken so that's another reason why i'm like particularly excited for this because i feel like it's been something that's been like criminally underutilized can you explain to me because i i don't read comics can you explain to me like the, the different types of loki's what uh what that means where does that come from like is it the same character taking on different forms yes yes okay it's the same character that takes on different forms and he's like aware of it. And like, sometimes it's self-imposed. Sometimes it's like a punishment or like something that he like reverts to. There's pretty much like a laundry list of different reasons for each one. But what ends up happening is when somebody's like as self-aware of 
all of the changes this character has gone through, you get to make someone that's like a little bit more in the know than everyone around them. And you get to play with that. And that's why when they like know that and utilize that, it's something I love about the character Um, because he's a little bit more charmingly nihilistic than he normally is in terms of like, oh, I've seen every version of how this can turn out. Um, and like young Avengers, again, my favorite utilization of that, because at this point he's like a child and he's like, do you have any idea what I've been and where I've been and what I've done? (laughs) Um, and it's the kind of thing that I like wished uh, this isn't me like hating on the show. I like the show. It's just the direction that I like, I would like it to go in is doctor who in terms of something that's like lived forever and died a thousand times. Um, Loki in the comics is a version of that that I love to see, and I'm really pumped to see that on screen. Okay, yeah. So it's is it a multiverse situation in the comics? Um, it feels like Marvel's going heavy on multiverse as like their next big push mm-hmm. uh, with this and with, of course, Doctor Strange and stuff. Uh, and oh yeah, that, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's. That looks extremely fun. Yeah, yeah. It's not always multiverse. Um, yeah. When Loki's, because it, like like Vanessa was saying, it, it sometimes he'll, it, it'll just be like he fucks with something he shouldn't have, and it turns Got into it. a duck or something. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> but That's he's great. he's very he's very much like a like kind of a Rick character, or like or not he's not in the way he behaves, but in just like his worldview. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, he, he's a, or like I would, uh, I would call him a Q. Yeah, from exactly. TNG. Like Q or like um, yes, very much Q. Yeah, Kid Loki makes me think of like number five from the Umbrella Academy. Oh yeah, got it. <clears throat> um, so I bet they're gonna, I bet they will whip all that stuff out. I'm this. sure. I think they might be building towards, if not Young Avengers, definitely like West Coast Avengers with all the characters they've been yeah. introducing in these series. So we'll. I think they also know just it's really useful for writers to have a multiverse and time travel and Mm -hmm. everything's just out of its mind Mm because they could pretty much do whatever they want then, right? Exactly. That's what makes comics so fun. Yeah. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just do fucking whatever. So yeah, this looks looks solid. This explains the terrible logo. Yeah. Because the logo for this is terrible. And it's like, oh, okay, different multiverse. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. It's, the logo it, it was cooler reminds me yeah. Sorry, go ahead. of that like toy. It was like a movie about toys that didn't do as well as Toy Story that starred that one guy from Princess Bride. I wish I could remember. Toys Carrie in the Attic Elway's? or something. Yeah. It was called Toys in the Attic or something like that. And all of the like logos were like a different toy spelling it out. And that's what Loki looked like. Oh, that's too yeah. bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it was one of those movies where it's just like, well, someone made that. Toys in the Attic. He played Sir Handsome. I just looked it up. That's it. Because I had to. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, that's right? real bullshit. Yeah, I don't know about this thing. Right? <laughs> Trying to slide this under here. It's just, a, just a real bummer of a, of a concept. <laughs> uh, all right. Any other thoughts about Loki? Or should we move on to the next trailer? No, nah, man. It looks dope. Let's all move right. on. Uh, Jupiter's Legacy. Uh, what, what's going on here? This is a Mark Miller book that I have not read. Um, okay. But I'm, uh, I'm curious to hear what Vanessa has to say about this. But I'll say that 
I'm sort of burned out on superhero deconstruction at this point because it's it's become like we've got this, we've got Kick-Ass, we've got The Boys, we've got Invincible. It's just not... Umbrella Academy, I would say, counts it, too. It, not not like this. This is a specific thing where it's yes. like it's taking like the Silver Age. I think Silver Age is right. It, yeah. But it's, ta- it's taking like the traditional idea of superheroes and making it like smash mouth r-rated like upending it having you know the yeah. characters be shitty and stuff and uh, you know after we you know we've had Watchmen, we've had all the snyder movies we've had arch enemy yeah yes um we've just we've seen this so much that these to me these stories can't aren't automatically interesting just because they're a deconstruction yeah um I feel it like has, it has a not Timothy Olyphant. Josh Dumal, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, thank you. I can never yep. figure out why his face disappears to me. And he's basically just like if Timothy Olyphant was like put into like one of those square sushi makers. Uh, <laughs> it's like a bad police sketch of Timothy Olyphant. Yeah. <laughs> That's Josh Dumal. <laughs> um, but yeah, you so know like, how... I feel like this needs. There's there's like interesting aspects to this trailer because it's like about like this uh, guy who's supposed to be like Superman uh, and then his he wants his family to take over for him and it's talking about all the the pressure of being a hero which could be interesting to me because it seems like and again I've not read this particular book but it seems like this could be about less about the the superheroes themselves being shitty and more about how like the kind of pressure you face when you're a Justice League member. It's something I think there's a line in the trailer where it's like, well, if you save somebody, somebody dies. And if you mess up, somebody dies. So you really can't Mm -hmm. win. You know what it reminds me of is like after star Wars. um, I don't even know if it's a, it was related to star Wars, but we got stuff like masters of the universe or I guess crawl or like even like dragon slayer where it, it's these mo- like everybody was trying to be the next that yeah. right the mm-hmm. next Star Wars and so we've just gotten flooded with superhero upon superhero and metas and mm-hmm. so on and so forth and it's just like nah we kind of picked one we kind of picked like a main thread and and everything else like it doesn't mean there's it's bad necessarily like I like I enjoy the boys I enjoy some of the stuff that yeah like oh, yeah i wasn't that wasn't a comment genre it wasn't but a comment is, on the quality of those things when i read them. no it's not but it is oversaturation yes. for sure yeah. yeah and i think ultimately history is gonna people will look back on these and they'll be like cult hits but i think it's it's gonna be the market will be so flooded with it that we we'll only really remember the big things uh and this yeah i don't know what i don't this was kind of exhausting of a trailer. It's also not a very good. Tra- it's also not a very good trailer. It doesn't really tell you what it's about. Um, but yeah, uh, Vanessa, what do you think? <laughs> what are your thoughts on Jupiter's legacy? Yeah, like I mean, they're pretty much aligning pretty heavily with yours in terms of like. I'm excited for Invincible because Invincible's a property that I have like read, loved, and did the deconstruction before the wave of deconstructions. So mm-hmm. like that's one of the more recent ones that's happened that I'm on board for. And like 
of course I watched Arch Enemy because, you know, that's that was another like similar deconstruction that I was like, all right, that had like some like interesting takes on it. But it's starting to get to that point in terms of like that oversaturation where you're not only seeing like heavy deconstructions, you're seeing deconstructions from people that don't entirely know what they're subverting. Precisely. So it just becomes like this like muddy, m- messy message uh, where you you really can't subvert anything if you don't have an understanding of the classics other than like, what if this, but they cuss. Like yeah. anyone that's ever done an alternate take on something, anybody that's ever done like a dissection of something has done a great memorable job because they also know the source material better than anyone else. Yeah. And most of these feel like it's somebody that just took a cursory glance at the genre and they're like, but I want to do something different. And that's what made it through the pitch room and they're not fun they're usually like pretty soulless in terms of just like there's there's no actual anything being said um it it just feels like what you pitch because you think is gonna be sold and not because you're actually trying to say something yeah that's we've talked about it on one of these shows i can't remember but that's like i I feel like that's like the major problem with Zack Snyder's DC movies is he's doing the mm-hmm. deconstruction without beginning from the the standpoint of, well, let's establish these characters and who they are, and then we can subvert it. Um, but like Jupiter's Legacy is like kind of two strikes because I I don't think Mark Miller is very good. <laughs> oh my god! I can finally breathe a sigh of relief that I get to like a share this opinion and also like share this opinion without <clears throat> producers um, saying yeah. that I can't share this opinion. <laughs> I'm finally out of like a few uh, projects in which I couldn't say that I didn't think Mark Miller was very good, but I he's don't think not. he's very good. He's not. <laughs> the the fu- I will. My God, the ending of Wanted. I was like, oh, are you kidding? <laughs> I he think has it's the, no idea how to end his stories. Anyway. Yeah. It's the only time I've ever heard my father, who's seen some total 10 movies in his whole life, and he's in his 70s, um, go, oh, come on, at the end of it. Uh, it. Yeah. Mark Miller is like one of those dudes where it's like, if you ever like eat at a restaurant where somebody serves something on something stupid because they're doing something that's like unique for the sake of it, and they're just like manufacturing cork, uh, it <laughs> feels like that yeah uh, so not super jazzed for this one but maybe no. i don't know there's like it, it's there's too whatever. much going on <laughs> it's the one it's definitely the one on this that i'm like oddly the like them the least excited for yeah and we have some stuff on here that i'm not excited for at all <clears throat> um but uh let's let's go to let's go to the next one this is monster yeah uh, this is um Shit, I forgot the actor's name. Uh, Jeffrey Kelvin... Wright's in it. Jeffrey Wright, thank oh, yeah. you. I think it was Kelvin... It. I'm going to remember it. Nope. I don't I, know. I lost it. I lost it in it's, my brain. It's it's not the 2003 monster. Mm-mm. It's not Monster's Ball. It's not Monster Hunter. Uh, sure isn't. It's not any of those the things. The Monster Squad. This looks good. Uh, this looks intense. Yeah, it's... I don't know much about this. It's apparently based on a book. Uh, it looks kind of similar to The Night Of, if you mm-hmm. ever watched The Night Of, where it's I have not. this kid who's basically a good kid it gets uh, put on trial for a murder that uh, he may or may not have committed. Um, 
and this I'm getting like a similar vibe from this because it's right. it's it's a lot about like prejudice and 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 how uh, the judicial system is is kind of rigged against uh, people, specifically like younger people of color. Um, right. It's about the idea of him making one mistake, and is it going to define his life? Right, and it like feels pretty Hence timely. The word monster for uh, them I, labeling him as such. Precisely. I, I literally just before we started recording, I just read something where like the. Uh, governor, I think, of um, Maryland just vetoed a bill that would have made it uh, illegal to sentence minors to life imprisonment without parole. Huh. And it's like oh, this, it's this fucking mentality. Uh, I think it's yeah. this, like, that exact mentality is kind of part of what this movie is appears to be uh, commenting on. Yeah. It, uh... Yeah, it, it looks really intense. Um, it's on Netflix. When does it... I can't... Here's the thing. I'm trying to look this movie up right now. Nothing's it coming is, up. Yeah, it's, it is wiped clean of IMDb. I can't freaking find it. It's so hard That's to good. find. And I actually read the book when I was in high school and loved it and didn't think it would ever be a movie. So I'm kind of like for something that's as like intense and going to be very heavy as I know it will be. Uh, I like uh I am excited to see how it's going to come on screen because there's some narrative elements to it that I'm pretty psyched to see play out. Really? Oh, word. So, like, it has, like, those similar rings to The Night of in terms of just, like, uh, examining... Like, this is me just talking about the book. I have no idea if, like, the movie's going to cover this, but from, like, from what I can see, it looks like it's... Pre- it, it, not much sadly had to be d- done in terms of just like updating public perception but just to now um and the soundtrack looked like it was going to be fantastic but like the book itself like y'all said covers um someone's like predisposition to assume whether or not someone's like a bad person a monster like based off of like one mistake but basically the kid that's on trial is also like a giant movie dork and he's like in a film club at his high school and so he's like at the beginning of the movie he's like movie at the book he's like been in prison for some time so he decides to catalog everything that's happening to him in a screenplay um and so there are these elements in the book of like how the story plays out and then how he's writing it and kind of comparing the two in terms of like why do people make the choices that they do and the assumptions that they make and it ends on like a very heartbreakingly nebulous uh question in which his like lawyer who's been defending him this whole time also like doesn't want to hug him and so it like leaving him to be like was she defending me because it was her job but now she like decided that i'm like the quote unquote monster and like how he's finishing up his actual story versus the story that he's writing uh so in terms of just like narrative it's balanced really well in a book i don't know how it's going to happen in a movie in terms of like what does the narrator see versus like what is the narrator telling us Hmm. um it looks like so I I find I found information on this movie. Uh it was it premiered in 2018. <laughs> uh, really? And it's taken this long to get to Netflix. I've oh my god. I'm sure the pandemic might have had something to do with it, but Yeah, it uh, it was also originally called All Rise. Uh it doesn't seem to be getting great reviews or at least its Rotten Tomatoes score is not very high. Yikes. 
Um, so I'm wondering if there was some problems hmm. yeah. uh, with the way they shot. It only has seven reviews, though, but those are out of Sundance. So I'm guessing, yeah, it, it had maybe some uh, uh, some narrative issues, from what I can tell. Yeah. Uh, and they sat on it for a little bit. Hmm. I wonder, because there's also, like, every once in a while I'll, like, watch something at a film festival that I feel like 20 of my peers adore and I loathed, and then there'll be another one that's the inverse. Oh, right. yeah. So, yeah, you never really know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it's really it's hard based to tell off a with book. Uh, fel- festival scores. Mm-hmm. Also, this so you, this is based off a book. Uh, it's the movie's 90 minutes, which feels, uh, I don't know, that's the, that's a little scary too, right? Yeah, uh, it feels like a rom-com amount of time for something yeah, that's like right, that, a lot to dissect. That's like barely making your runtime. Right. So, yeah. I don't know. I'm still going to check it out. This is a this trailer, it's really compelling. The director has done a lot of music videos. I think this might be their first movie. Let me see. Filmography. Uh yeah, it's their first movie. They've done a shit ton of music videos. Uh so I don't know. Um Still curious, but but a little suspicious. Curious, suspicious, like tentatively at least looking forward to how it developed, but also like, yeah. ooh, the like hanging yeah. around for two years thing definitely makes me nervous. Right, three it's, years. It's... Oh shit! Oh my god! I forgot what year it was. <laughs> uh oh. Watch this trailer. Oh, this could be good. And then every fact we've unearthed, I'm like, oh, that's not a good sign. Well, yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing that says it's bad. It's nothing about the it's quality of the movie. It's a lot yeah. of. It's just a lot of red flags. <laughs> yeah, exactly. A lot of smoke. But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um. All right. Next trailer is uh sort of a trailer. It's more like a piece of product placement. For uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, <laughs> it's Paul Rudd getting attacked by a bunch of Stay Puffed Marshmallow yes. Men. Yep. Mm-hmm. So my first instinct was like, uh, this doesn't feel like Ghostbusters. And then my second instinct was, no, it, it's exactly what Ghostbusters is. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when they commercial st- bullshit with cartoon when they ghosts. St- well, when they start cooking themselves, I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's the thing. I'm I'm down with this. <laughs> yeah, because you're right. At, at first, it's like flubber. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, are they gonna dance and sing him a song? And like, no, they're gonna start cooking each other on a grill and eating each other. I'm like, all right, hell yes, I'm down with this. Yeah, <laughs> I I guess um, I this is my question: is does the charm of Ghostbusters not work with CGI? Um, because like. With the the nostalgia I have for Ghostbusters, it's all silly bullshit. Yeah. Uh, but it this and the other one that they did, the it, it it's there's like there is a level of grit in the originals. Uh, it's not much, but it's there, right? Where it's like right, it's the like skeletons with skin yeah, coming off of them, and like the, practical effects, and yeah, the it's ghosts like, being these freaky ass like puppets, yeah. Yeah, there's like a horror, a classic horror aspect or element to mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. that when it's like these are just kind of cartoon characters. And I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm just gotten old. Um, I don't know if it's the sort of thing where it's like it just it's not repeatable in my mind. Like it's kind of a fluke movie, the first one, because the second one 
many people believe is bad too. Uh, I don't know. What are your What are you guys' thoughts on this movie? I'm 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 curious about it, but I I, I, I don't know. I'm charmed I'm, by the villain of the second one. Oh, uh, Janosch specifically, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've got a Janosch figure hanging on my wall. Oh, and, that's so uh, cool. I, mean, I I like the second one because I was a kid when it came out. And exactly. So, well, yeah. it's it's funny too. Yeah, that's true. Um, I mean, it's it, you know, plot wise, it's like okay, this is a little, but um, I yeah. don't know. I'm in a weird place where it's like I didn't, like I had nothing. I I, I don't like I was a. Ghostbusters was huge for me growing up, but it's like I don't have. I, even so, I still feel like I don't have a dog in this fight. Like I, I didn't really care about the. I didn't get up in arms or anything about the 2016 version. I still haven't seen it. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like the same with this one. I don't. I don't know if I'm gonna watch this one because it's. I'm. I'm kind of in the. I guess a similar position to you, Dave, where it's like, well, you know, I'm. I'm I, I'm, I'm fine I, with the ones I have. I don't. I don't think this is like a rich universe that needs to be explored. I know, <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I know what you're talking about because I grew yeah. up with it. It's the first movie I saw in theaters. Uh, you know, dressing up like the Ghostbusters, etc. Mm-hmm. But like, there's nothing precious about it. Not really. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't have that preciousness with it. I think the first one is like one of those things that's really hard to do. Um, like you said, because of those practicals, because, you know, when you when you have four comedians and you're like asking them to react to something, it's a lot easier for things to feel more organic and tangible when you have those practicals. Not just that, but in general, like CGI ghosts, unless it's like used for the purposes of just like uh something like a bit more family friendly or comedy it doesn't re- the stakes aren't really that high um it's not when you're like you know watching like a stan winston creature and you're just like you know you you, you like feel like there's something in the room with them and it has that blend of like scary and funny and like don't get me wrong i do like i did enjoy the cgi monsters in the 2016 one because i I know my own personal bias and it's like that nostalgia that I have for like the Scooby-Doo ghost. Um, They actually looked good in a lot of scenes. The mannequin scene I really enjoyed. The mannequins look great. The mannequin scene with Leslie Jones was great. The 2016 one also was just like a thing of just like everybody, everybody didn't want to be the straight man. So it was just a lot of like competing for your attention with a lot of the jokes that were being made. Yeah. That's that that Apatow humor that exhausts the shit out of me. It's that Apatow. It's, it's everybody, everybody is bombastic. So there's no, there's no fucking Bill Murray to like take the back seat and, you know, know when to like let somebody else be the big energy um, that, didn't really meet that match but like i get the space for it just because there's all whether it's ghostbusters or scooby-doo or whatever like children's monster of the weekish type thing that exists or like not really children but like family friendly i like i see the slot for it that's always there is it for me no um but like i know i have like a bunch of nieces and little cousins that like got way more into it with the 2016 version than i did um because it's like this accessible entry point to things that usually feel not that accessible because like if you look at it a lot of like children's horror media now is either like deeply neutered um or non-existent versus like when we were kids we had a gorgeous spectrum of children's horror oh, between yeah. like they didn't care they, they were didn't like, care guys here you go pg 
the witches, Courage the Cowardly Dog, you name it. Like, you know, we had this huge spectrum of children's horror from like actually pretty scary, but still for kids to like a little bit more reined back to like Scooby-Doo to where we can jump in from any point and still like feel like we're not being talked down to. Um, But like, it's still legitimately scary. And those spaces now are so much fewer and far between that like, in a way, it feels like a lot of the Ghostbusters reboots are some of the few entry points that they do have that isn't like animated, like your Gravity Falls or things that are good, but they aren't necessarily like the live action stuff that they crave. Yeah, that's a very good like way to justify these existing because, mm-hmm. like, like I said, like I, I'm pretty indifferent about them, but if there's people who l- really enjoy them and are getting into Ghostbusters through them then more power to them, you know? Yeah, that reminds me of kind of how I responded to the House of the Clock in its Walls, where I was like, oh, yeah. oh I'm glad this exists for kids today, because this is going to yeah. be a movie where kids today, like 10 years from now, are going to be like, you remember that fucked up movie we watched? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, there's a few movies like that where it's like, I'm glad, yeah, that was the one with Giant Oprah. Giant Oprah uh, was A Wrinkle in Time. A Wrinkle in Time. Oh, yeah. Not a great movie, but that was also a movie where I was like, that feels like it's like Labyrinth, where kids right. are going to look or back like on Return that and be like, Oz. that was fucking out of yeah. its mind. <laughs> Sorry, what yeah. was that movie? Yeah, I, I highly appreciate modern kid movies that are they're just fucked up. Yeah, it's being weird as shit. Yeah. Just do it. And they do exist, but yeah, they're few and far in between now. Uh, so, yeah. And I don't think that is, I, I don't think it's specifically a problem of kids movies. It's just most major studios are real gun shy about making stuff that's weird, right? So they have to call it Ghostbusters and yep. just do Ghostbusters again, uh, and that's fine. Yeah, this isn't hurting anybody. Mm-mm. I'm just I'm I'm not sure whether I'm not I'm gonna like it or not. I guess. Yeah, it might not be for me necessarily, but like. Yeah. I mean, there's probably going to be like some child in my family who's going to like demand a uh, a man wh- like a coveralls. I couldn't remember the name coveralls, even though that's like <laughs> what I've been living in for most of quarantine. It's uh, it's Jason Reitman, right? The yeah. hit director of the movie Labor Day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so that's cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> good for that's him. That's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right, well, next trailer, Mainstream. This is Andrew Garfield reminding us all that he can act. I own, I, We said this after we saw uh, Under the Silver Lake. I only want to see Andrew Garfield play Maniacs. Yeah, Same. this is like nihilist Andrew Garfield. He's yeah, like, a- I was fucking Spider-Man, no one cares. I don't give a shit anymore. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Man, yes, I'm, it's... It's him and Maya Hawk. He's a social media star, and she's a aspiring filmmaker, and he recruits her to make videos for him, and it's all about just what a shitty, weird maniac he is and what this culture does to people. Uh, it looks good to me. Yeah, I'm pretty... Anything that just feels like a very specific capsule in time of something mm-hmm. that I get to like have that I can look back on, I adore uh because in 20 years i'm gonna probably watch this and be like fuck (laughs) that was all of us at the time yeah i was gonna say the flip side to that is because i'm a little i'm I'm not i'm okay i'm not at all (laughs) but i was gonna say i know there's there like i'm too old for tiktok okay i'll be more specific um like 
that kind of generate like TikTok and Vine, that sort of generation of, mm-hmm. of of making content or comedy or whatever for the internet is not in my wheelhouse, but it's like hugely, hugely important for the generation like right behind me and the generation behind that. So this I I feel like this I'm glad that this movie exists for a lot of reasons, but one of them is that it's for that generation of people. Does that make sense? I don't feel like I articulated that well. Like no, it's one of those things where it that. comes out, you're like, oh, I think that I'm too old for this, but I recognize that this is a huge part of culture for young people right now, and this is something that needs to be explored and talked about, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it looks, and I also like this style. It reminded me a little bit of like um, the movie Rules of Attraction with um, yeah. Dawson Vanderbeek, and it's just with the Vanderbeek, and it's that's actually a sequel to American Psycho, uh, and it's really fucking weird the way they tell the story they do a lot yeah. of weird narrative things and like i like weird movies and i'm glad they keep existing and this seems like this like logan paul type is a good idea mm-hmm. uh shout out to the fact that this is gia coppola uh who is the granddaughter of francis ford coppola she's uh niece of sophia coppola and it stars maya hawk who is the daughter of Ethan Hawke and Uman Thurman. Well, it's just, it's all fucking just Hollywood you, kids making a movie. Did you yeah. spot Schwartzman in there? Yeah, and there's Schwartzman, yeah. her cousin. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I don't know, there's nothing, there's nothing, I'm not saying this in a good or bad way, it's just funny. Yeah. It's just all these fucking, these Coppolas, man. There are a lot They're of everywhere. Coppolas. There's so many yeah. Coppolas. There's so many Coppolas. And like, I even, before I realized it was Gia Coppola, I was like, man, this kind of reminds me of like, if Sophia Coppola did um, like a Velvet Goldmine. Yeah. Uh, and then it was Gia Coppola, and I was like, well, that makes sense. Uh, I do have this fear, and it it's pretty unfounded thus far, even though, like, I really like Tom, like, am pretty excited for what they're investigating, because even though I'm, like, honestly, like, probably one year removed from TikTok, but I, like, was enjoying the Vine generation when that was a thing, um, because, like, while, like, the influencer aspect of it is annoying, I do like that a lot of these programs specifically are, like, showing the younger generation that things like editing and, like, taking, like, creative control and the shit that you make isn't as unattainable as it was previously seemed, because, like, most of these kids are, like, learning editing that took us years to do on, like, mm-hmm. you know, Premiere or Final Cut, that they're learning right. from an app, and they're better at it, and their timing is getting better better than us and like we're honestly gonna have like a boom of editors like 10 years from now mark my words because of tiktok and vine oh you're so right Mm -hmm. like you know our generation had like a small version of it in terms of just like avns and uploading that to youtube but really not that much like more than anything we're a bunch of coders because we all learned html from myspace so like this next boom is going to be a bunch of editors that are really good at it because that's what tiktok is doing um so like that's the dissection that i'm excited to see but it's I'm nervous that it's going to be a bling ring and that I love the trailer and then I see the movie and I'm bummed as hell. <laughs> right. It's also really interesting that like editing does feel like it's a natural thing that doesn't have to be taught. Like mm-hmm. people can sort of naturally pick up on how editing works. If you've been raised on a steady diet of video content, then yeah. 
like yeah, movies, TV, so. like it, it really conditions you to be like, oh, well this, like you yeah, like you're saying, you just start to notice things like, well, this because feels it like does, it's, it's too long. Let's cut that. I remember, yeah, I, when I took editing classes, I remember even feeling like it was obsolete. It was like the things the teachers were teaching that like you can sort of nowadays, it's just, you can just pick it up. Mm-hmm. Anybody could just more. pick it up and everyone's yeah. becoming more aware of it because the role of the editor has also been like more and more even closer to like the person that has the control of like what the actual idea is for the last 30 years because in quarantine I've watched a lot of reality television uh, from sure. like the start of reality television to now and I've also worked on reality television as a producer before and I've noticed that like in terms of what ends up being the final cut, the editor is getting a lot better at like a controlling what you see and like who gets like the villains cut. So to speak, who gets like the hero cut, you know, like how does the tone of this actually like take place, but it's also getting harder and harder to like notice them because they're becoming so good and seamless at just like melting into the production. Mm hmm. Versus, like, you know, you can always tell who, like, Scorsese's editor was because people only knew, like, the names of three editors because they were really good at it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Scorsese's, uh, her, his grandma editor, Thelma. Thelma. She's fucking fantastic. Schoon... Ha- Spoon, Spoon something. Schoonerville. Thelma. Schoon... Thelma. Schoonhauser. Schoonhauser. Spoon. <laughs> Someone's yelling it. Someone's yelling it right now. Someone's mm-hmm. yelling it, and I'm Someone's so sorry. <laughs> it's normally like uh, pretty close to the tip of my tongue. Schoonmaker. Schoonmaker. <laughs> yeah. What? She's great. Yeah, she's amazing. They're great. Versus, like, yeah. now watch any piece of media, and you're just like, damn, that editor was smart. Yeah. It's just it's become more obtainable. I, it, yeah. It's just. It, when I when I took editing classes and it was like 2003 and it was like all right we're gonna sit you down in front of Avid now this is the industry standard and it was just like where's the mouse and they're like you have to press the buttons on the keyboard and I'm like tell you what give me the footage I'm gonna go home to my Mac and I'll 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 edit this in like an hour yeah because it was just like the final cut has all already like blown this out of the water and now it just keeps going in that direction where it's it's like I. I, Lord knows what they like. I, 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 I couldn't even begin to know how they're editing their stuff now. Yeah, the industry standard old. changes like every three years. Yeah. Uh, so I, we've we've got a big crop of them coming in in like ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. That's gonna be great. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on mainstream? Just no, they, I like the da- I like Coppolas. those dance sequences that they showed God, us. God, I I got in my car this morning. There was a Coppola in the back seat filming something, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to like take a broom and be like, mm-hmm. "Get out of here, you fucking hipster!" Shoe, shoe, yeah, Coppola. Jesus Christ! Yeah. I was just smoking and looking out a window, just kind of being sad, and then one of them just showed up and started filming. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Coppola's left uh, their gate open again. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next trailer is for those who wish me dead. This is the movie Firestorm, but now, yeah, uh, pretty with much, Angelina Jolie. <laughs> pretty much, and I, can't I wait. cannot wait to watch it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, this is um, this is Angelina Jolie is is uh, fighting fires. Well, she's a Firewatch. She's up in the tower. She's fire. She's doing Firewatch. Yeah, and then there's like crime. 
this crime little finger shows up yeah. and starts little finger crimes. sets fire to the forest yeah. <laughs> damn you Mayor Carchetti I am so happy movies like these still exist I know because this is this is just fucking Firestorm yeah. uh, oh, a, a movie from when was Firestorm 1998 eight yeah uh, it's just it's just a a bad action like cliffhanger or mm-hmm. anything else. Oh, cliffhanger! Where, fucks, don't you dare! <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, but you know what I mean. It's this ridiculous fucking action. Yeah. Well, I was gonna, I was just gonna say Firestorm is ridiculous and is also a bad movie. Yeah, so yeah. Don't don't you put that evil on cliffhanger? Yeah, yeah. But they all take <laughs> the movies. They take themselves so seriously. Right, yeah, yeah. And I fucking love it. Punisher's there too. Oh man. Mm. Oh, and Nicholas Holt, who's always some beautiful new deranged thing every time he pops oh, up. Oh yeah. Oh man, his uh the um the great holy shit. Apparently, uh, I'm looking up the cast. Tyler Perry's in here. Yeah, no. he's in the trailer. You see, he's in the trailer. Yes. Oh shit! Yeah. I missed him. Yeah, what is like- fascinating is if you look at the cast list on Wikipedia, everyone's listed at their characters except for Tyler Perry. And is <laughs> Tyler Perry himself. himself in this He's movie? He's just playing himself. Oh, that would be amazing. I would buy two tickets if that was the case. Oh, God, a row. I would take a row. Every, everybody else is a fictional character. And then there's Tyler Perry. He just, just is in this fire yeah. as himself. Man. I need a new, a second Alex Cross movie, by the way. Yeah. Like, it's been way too long. Uh, it was 2012. Did that not do well? Did Alex Cross not do well? I can't imagine it did. God damn it. Because we probably would have got more if it had. Yeah. I remember there being, like, an Alex Cross experience at, like, a theater that I went to where they, like, had an example of the seat in the front row where it's, like, if you watch, there's also this additional thing that happens to your seat. I think it was, like, rumbling or something. Yeah, it was, like, it was 4D. 4D, Yeah, we we saw the equalizer in 4D. It was terrible. Yeah, it, it was, was a like, terrible experience. Every time somebody got punched, the seat would jab you in the back. <laughs> why? <laughs> why? Why am I paying ten extra dollars for this experience? Like, don't you want to experience getting punched by Denzel Washington in the back? I never yeah, I want mean, that fourth D. I mean, I do. I don't want to pay for a yeah. chair to do it for me. Yeah, I, I, if I'm gonna yeah. get punched by Denzel, I want to get punched by Denzel. Exactly. <laughs> Not a chair. Uh. But this this looks like my jam. This yeah, is yeah. exactly this what I need. Incredible. What makes me so bummed is that this didn't come out in like the mid nineties, in which we would have gotten like a ride that would have been around for way too long out of it. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna, we would have gotten a Universal Studios stunt show that's still playing twenty five years later. Yeah. yeah, or just like a section of the studio tour where it's just like, and now you're really hot. Oh look, kids, it's Angelina Jolie. Like we would have gotten that out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Like how long was the earthquake ride there? Jesus Christ. It's oh yeah. Still kind of is. The fucking the ride. ride. <laughs> in in at least the Florida one, the earthquake ride began with them having to like tell you what the earthquake movie was. Yes. Like they do like a video with like explaining like so there was this movie called Earthquake, but it was a great ride. Like I get it. They're just like, look, we're hanging on to this. 
Waterworld better stick around, man. This might be like the sixth podcast I've been on talking about it, but it's maybe because it's like the most important thing in the world to me. If anything happens to the Waterworld ride, I will fucking light something on fire. Like I um, it uh, the people I still need to take to go see it. I love that ride. I worked at that Universal for a while, and. You clock in right next to the Waterworld ride. <gasps> so I would clock in every day and see an explosion and like marauders hanging around. With their jet skis uh, and shit. Yeah, oh, yeah, man. yeah. It was so fucking great. Mm. <laughs> oh. I'm just thinking about Waterworld now. Waterworld stunt show. I'm, I mean, I got my second shot today. <laughs> two weeks. Two weeks I'm there. Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Getting, yeah. I will get tickets just to go see the Waterworld stunt show if like oh, the rest yeah. of the crowd is like too if like the rest of the park is like too crowded for me to like still feel comfortable. Fuck it, I'll go home. As long yeah. as I get to see the Waterworld stunt show, oh, I am yeah. okay. Like uh, there's a show where like if you're not a fan of like Apatow humor, you're definitely not going to like it cuz it's a lot of like hang on and then they lose you. But uh Love on Netflix was like Judd Apatow show with like um Travis Rust and some other people. Anyways, Paul Rust, but yeah. Paul Rust, yeah. Um I always mix up in the middle of it uh the show takes like a behind the scenes look at the Waterworld show. Oh. And that is the worth it reason that they like ha- have the behind the scenes look and it's just like uh, now we're rehearsing a fight in the middle of it uh just because i will do anything to get closer to that ride that's oh, a yeah. show you should you should get a I, I got like seasonal gig during halloween um fun fact all the goddamn they're all actors so everybody stays in character or a lot of them do in like the break rooms and stuff oh that's exhausting so like it, it is and it isn't because I'm like getting lunch and Freddy Krueger cuts me in line. Oh my and he's god! He's acting like Freddy Krueger <laughs> and it's like what? What am I gonna do? It's fucking Freddy Krueger. I'm going to be the first one to get this rectangular yeah. piece of pizza. Yeah, you just it's it's if you go if you roll with it, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> uh, I don't know why uh, my Freddy Krueger sounds like Ted DiBiase, but. Uh, <laughs> It's all right. It's all right. Uh, Shall we Uh, move on to the last trailer? Yeah. This is uh, Space Jam? Yeah. A new legacy? Sure. Come Uh, on and slam. Come on and slam. Yeah, Mm. they got the song in there. Yeah, they do. Is Don Cheadle the villain, like, himself? Is, like, he playing himself? Because everybody's playing themselves, right? Oh, my God. I hope Cheadle's. I think Don Cheadle's, like, some kind of AI. Okay. But I just like the version where he's playing himself. But I guess there is, it's it's the same as the other Space Jam. I was going to say, Jam. there's precedent set by the previous Space Jam where you had Bill Murray and Michael Jordan as themselves, and then Wayne Knight is playing a, a is character. Is playing a, a character. Yeah. But it's John Cheadle. I don't know. It's it's fine. Uh, any any thoughts? Any any? I feel nothing for Space Jam because, like we were talking about earlier, Space. I was too old for Space Jam when it came out. Like same here. I saw it, so I was like, I, I think I saw it on video. Um, because you couldn't escape that fucking soundtrack. That was everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I eventually watched. It, and I was like, yeah, okay. And, and I just didn't watch it again ever. So I have I have no nostalgia for it. Um, but this trailer is does something that bothers the shit out of me, which is, and I've been getting a lot of it on fucking twitter the past couple of weeks but like we seem to we've hit a point where the i like these conglomerates have gotten so big 
and there's a lot of creative bankruptcy uh, in in the biggest uh, the biggest studios, uh, specifically sure. Warner Brothers. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's just we seem to think that like making a reference is the same as creating something. Um, right. I don't know if I'm articulating that particularly it's, well, but no, like, I, it's, this is yeah. You're getting to nostalgia overload, right? You're getting yes. to Ready Player One. Yeah, this is where... Ready Player One. They, it, it literally has the Iron Giant stepping on houses, and I'm like, did you fuckers not even watch the movie that you made? It's it's the it's the Onion article that we're running out of retro. Yeah. Um. It's it's that where like everything's sort of folding in on itself. Because like people pointed out, the fucking the droogs from Clockwork Orange are Danny in the DeVito's audience. Penguin is in the audience, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, so what are we even like, doing? What is it's, this? It's, it's these companies that's been last. They've lasted so long, and they're just like, well, I hey, here's a good idea. Let's cram everything in there. That said, um, it looks like it's just a couple scenes. It's just the audience, like yeah. someone. Someone had the smart idea of like instead of a regular audience, just have it be all our characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so like I get it. Uh, also, it is kind of irritating. Why but is it, it isn't? Why is it called Space Jam? Yeah. Why was the other one called Space Jam? Because they were playing basketball against aliens from space. Yeah. Yeah. Who wanted to turn the world into a theme park? Yeah. All right, that's fair. Yeah. See, I was like at the perfect age for Space Jam. So like I loved the first one while also acknowledging that it's not that great of a movie. Uh like I loved it, but I loved it because I was a child. I loved it because I was sure. a child and Bugs Bunny was playing basketball. Um but like Yeah, that's right. cool. I don't care what age you are. Cuz it's cool as hell. Cuz it's cool as hell. Cuz fucking rules, that's why. Michael Jordan's in it like you know, I say that it's not that good of a movie in terms of like I still fucking love it. I still like adore it and enjoy it and it's just, you know, it it was it was like something that I was like a combination of just like a lot of my favorite things and I was a kid, but like even as an adult you're like, ah, that's loose." Um yeah. <laughs> but like Space Jam 2 is fandom with no actual fandom in it like it's back to that same thing we were talking about before it's people covering things that they like don't actually know what the classics were because the thing is you could be like a giant fanboy ass dork and still have an original new idea while paying homage because you know it but Mm -hmm. like like you said the iron giant is in it and the droogs are in it because they don't have a fucking clue because it's just like hey we're feeding you fandom even though we've never watched this shit ourselves because like talk to any executive they are so disconnected from what people actually like or think and they'll just like put out what numbers do well Mm -hmm. that like like i've gotten the opportunity to like interview creators that make things that are based off of things that they like that don't feel like it's just throwing references at you it's just they have a really good knowledge of the fundamentals so they make a new idea because that's how ideas happen like if like I interviewed the creator of the Courage of Courage the Cowardly Dog, and that dude loves seventies horror. He loves Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein. And if you watch his show, you see those references, but those references aren't there because it's like, oh hey, get it, I see this. It's because that's what built him. Like when you watch like us, it's like, oh yeah, Jordan Peele watched a lot of Twilight Zone and he really likes, you know, um, Stanley Kubrick, but like at least whether you like it or you don't like the movie, it's a new thing that like 
took inspiration but was still something new and mm-hmm. in this case it's just cud it's just cow cud we're just regurgitating yeah. the new idea over and over again and we yeah. don't actually know what the fundamentals are it's perfect for a space jam sequel because if you remember um space jam is a thing because of a haynes commercial yep like it's a movie based on an underwear commercial where michael jordan teamed up with bugs bunny it's the only reason it exists and it's which right. is it's like the sums up space jam perfectly <laughs> it's it's one of those things where it's cynical um but it doesn't feel particularly new like that cynicism that's coming from it you know what i mean where it's it's not any more precious or less precious i would say than the original space jam no. so it it's like sure you might as well exist well yeah i'm not like this i'm not the stuff that i was saying it's not about like preserving no, the preciousness you're, of space you're right jam. about yeah, you're right about that trend, which is, the, uh, well, at least that seems to be starting, which is, I mean, it's everything. It's it's Jurassic World. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's just, Star Wars. It's just, they, everything is coming back, and yeah. we, we, we it's uncontrollable, we also, and it's really hard for new ideas to get through. We um, also exist, uh, I mean, it was partially true um, back in... Uh, when we were growing up and like Gen X was growing up because that was the advent of like cable um, where it's yeah. kind of a lot of the stuff that you like is still accessible to you. And I think that probably like the advent of cable probably has something to do with how like you were, what you were talking about earlier, how like old school editors kind of started to get phased out and now it's accelerated um, because right now, like kids who are growing up right now, there's nothing like I don't understand what you would even be nostalgic for because everything still exists like you it, it didn't go anywhere like everything is on the internet that it instantly whenever you want to watch it so it's like Space Jam never really went away like I who has nostalgia for Spongebob like Spongebob still on TV you know what I mean it's like well I don't I think people people continue I think there's eras of things mm-hmm. people um Yeah, yeah, that's like true. Like just because like for example, I have uh nostalgia for say Strong Bad. Um <laughs> I could watch Strong Bad anytime. Oh yeah. But I don't because that it's moved on, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah. you become a different person. Yeah. So I think there's that element. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm I'm fascinated to see what happens to entertainment in like 10 years I, oh yeah the internet i hope it's change. not this well <laughs> like, i hope it's not just more of space jam a new legacy yeah i think when people look back at now they're gonna talk about this in terms of history books and stuff about what the internet did to us right because the internet is still very new and how that's affecting entertainment as well as everything else, you know. Yeah, and it's ex- uh, it's accelerated. It's so accelerating many everything. things, like literally so, everything. Yeah, this is just one more thing that I have no goddamn clue how it's gonna nope. end up. Um, if it's gonna be like Star Trek, where we're gonna have World War Three, and then we're gonna calm down and have replicators or whatever. Uh, oh, that'd be. Sweet. I don't know, man. Then we can. That would be sweet. Then we can replicate all the space jams we want. Yeah. Yeah, then you can holodeck a Space Jam. Ah, fuck yeah. Mm. Honestly, that Mm -hmm. would be all I would do is shit like that. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, Any other thoughts on Space Jam? People excited? I'm still going to take a giant edible and, like, watch it with friends. (laughs) Oh, yeah, no doubt. (laughs) Yeah, no, I am am 100% certain we'll watch this on, like, one of our patron movie nights or something. Like, this this is going to be watched. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure it'll be fine. 
I'm yeah. sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I can already tell yeah. from the com- I can already tell from this preview that LeBron's a better actor than Michael Jordan. Was. <laughs> yes, My Michael God. Jordan is such a bad actor. <laughs> oh, it, like you forget for like, honestly, I forgot for like a little bit because like you always have that nostalgia amnesia where you're yeah, just like course. the the warm takes over and then you don't like think about like the elements of it that sucked, and then I like watch it again as an adult and I was like, oh fuck, I can tell you something other than baseball that he should not have tried. Uh, it, it's it's so bad but it's, like it's like it's phenomenally bad it's it's, it's like endearingly bad yes it's endearingly bad especially now when you like watch any like documentary interview in which people are just talking about like michael jordan and okay. who he is <laughs> like a motherfucker he was <laughs> where it's just like i wonder what like life crippling insult took place seconds after that take happened oh yeah (laughs) um i do have one final thing to say because i just looked up the director i didn't realize it was the director of undercover brother Mm -hmm. so i am a (gasps) hundred percent behind space jam a new legacy (laughs) yeah yeah it's i um, remember it's like ep'd by ryan coogler yeah yeah it is um yeah, Malcolm Dealey, uh, director of Undercover Brother, I Am In. Mm. That's, that's all, that's all <laughs> it's a pretty solid film. I love that movie. <laughs> um, oh, man. That, that came out like the same month as Super Troopers. And I remember being like, this is it for comedy. This is the height. Yeah, we're never, yeah, like February <laughs> 2002, like around there. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, we should move on to news stories. Uh, but first, we got some patrons to thank. Mm. Thank you to E.T., the extravagant terrestrial. Thank you. Thank you to Cody Johnston's time machine noise. Mm. Always a pleasure. Thanks to Pete Forpagel. Thank you very much. Thanks to Glitterus. Thank you, Glitterus. Thank you to Thanks for having Jason Pargin on. Here's 25 bucks. Thank you very much. Thank you to the Midnight Patron with Patrons at Midnight. Thank you to Exploding Runes. Thank you to Andrew. Andrew, how? How? Thank you. Thank you to Vincent. Uh, And thank you to RevMD. Thank you very much. Oh, man. Let me jump in here. Thank you to John Munez. Thank you to Wavy Rancheros. Thank you to Dr. DNA. Thank you to Lauren Gucci. Thank you. Thanks to James Rainey. Thank you. Thank you to Bootler Bootlison. Thank you. Thank you to Grumblebee. Thanks to Tux. Tux. Thank you to Ricky Cilantro. Thank you, Ricky. And thanks to Norm. Norm from Cheers. Norm. Oh, man. George went. Big fan of the pod. Yeah. Big fan of the pod. <laughs> Hell yeah. So we don't have we don't have any big stories here. There's a, a remake of Goodnight Mommy coming out with Naomi Watts. Mm-hmm. Um, did y'all see Goodnight Mommy? I, I love did. Goodnight Mommy. A lot of people I know loved Goodnight Mommy. I didn't I didn't like it. Uh I mean, I thought but like I, th- I, I, the twist is incredibly obvious, but there's some yeah. well done sequences in the movie. Yeah, um, I think I'm pro remake. I think. Uh, I mean, it's like Naomi Watts, like remaking weird German horror is apparently like a because she's also in the <laughs> fucking funny games. Funny games, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the same director uh, doing both. And I love funny, funny games. That's a hell of a film. We covered it on We Just Watched, mm, uh, yeah. <laughs> the original one. Amazing. Quite quite yeah, the movie. It's a hell of a movie, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Goodnight Mommy for whatever reason. Maybe I need to watch it again. It mm-hmm. just didn't I didn't I just didn't like it. Uh but like I said, a lot of people I know and respect really like it. So I recognize that it's 
it's up there, right? With all the like slow burn horror. Well, I uh, I have some of that. I understand some of that because there's some where like everyone I know that like loves a lot of these like you know like slow burn horror of like the last like 10 20 years things like loves it but I don't and I don't know why like I have that with it follows um oh wow yeah that's one of my favorites I wish I loved it follows as everyone else loves it follows um because again of like this whole like a24 era of horror it feels like it should be something that was like directly up my alley but I can't quite put my finger on it so like I completely get where you're coming from in like the goodnight mommy sense where it's like yeah, sung for like a lot of other people, but didn't sing for me. Here's my theory is that it's like comedy where that if it doesn't emotionally affect you, if it doesn't scare you the way a comedy doesn't make you laugh, then it just it just doesn't work. Right. Then you spend your time picking it apart uh, instead of being in the moment. Yeah. I, I suspect that's what it is, is that if it doesn't get you the way it's getting other people, then it's just not going to work. Mm-hmm. And it's it's purely like a wiring thing is because, yeah, it's that thing where whenever I hear people being like, I just didn't like that movie. It doesn't necessarily groove with them. It's just some movies. They they it's a miss with people. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. That's just how it works sometimes. I don't know. Yeah. Um, what yeah. else? They made The Lodge, too. Right. These directors. They made The Lodge. Um, another movie that didn't really grab me. Um I I really like the way the lodge ends. I, we've talked about this a million. I'd times. like the end of that too. <laughs> yeah, I just I've, I love how fucking <laughs> just like eat I shit think, that ending is. <laughs> yeah, I think I think both movies come down to me watching and being like, "You got to get control over those kids." Like, yeah, they they kill <laughs> just it. watching and being like, "You got you got to handle those kids. You're you're doing a bad job." Yeah, yeah. They, really, they really do like the theme of boy kids suck, huh? <laughs> yeah. I think it's because I watched The Lodge like right around the time that I watched a different movie that was also like uh, focusing on like kids uh, and and just general messiness that like I watched it in the same night and I loved the other things so much more that I liked the ending of The Lodge but it just didn't like quite sit with right. me because in the same night I watched We Are Little Zombies which was like my favorite movie of last year then you know I watched Psycho Gorman last year too um, but mm. like I. I liked the ending of The Lodge, um, but I don't know. Maybe it's also because my audio in my car sucked and I watched it in a drive-in. I should watch it again. Yeah. I mean, I I think these should all be supported because they're at least, most of them at least feel like they're doing something different. I do feel like this style of horror is definitely going to be taken advantage of down the line, Mm -hmm. uh, the way anything is, where it's going to be gamed. Like big studios are going to be trying to recreate the A twenty four model or that yeah. aesthetic, uh, but for now it's fucking it's great. Yeah, uh, I think what it is, you know, why I like this is because it's, um, like like unlike other horror fads, it's an aesthetic fad. Yeah, uh, which means the the writing is all over the place. It can be about anything. And that's what actually matters, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to when it was like, oh, we're all doing Scream, or we're all doing The Ring. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and also, like, horror, I mean, I have a bias, but, like, I feel like horror is a genre that just, in terms of, like, if you look at 
the remakes versus any other genre tends to have like a better batting average for remakes. Um, and that's usually because in a lot of horror remakes, like at least one original person tends to be involved. The person doing the remake like really loves the thing that they're making. So they like when it works, uh, understands why it works, but doesn't try to do the same thing twice. Um, usually they'll just like take an echo of inspiration and then like the remake ends up being something that's like in universe or like homage to, but it's still like very much right. their thing. So like if it's a horror remake, chances are I'm going to like it more just because yeah, the batting average tends to be a little bit better. No, that's, I think that's true. Uh, for me anyway. Yeah. Um, all right, well let's uh, let's keep going here. Yeah, uh, they're making Sweet. an ancient aliens movie from the creators of Cobra Kai. Creators of Cobra Kai. I just got into Cobra Kai this year, and I fucking love it. What a great yeah. idea! What a great <laughs> idea for a Karate Kid sequel. Um, I haven't watched it yet. I don't know anything about ancient aliens. Ancient. I'm worried. Well, the the problem with ancient aliens is that it. It's a, it's racist. Yes, okay. it's, it's saying like it's deeply saying these, racist. These non-white <laughs> could uh, possibly have been possibly. advanced enough to build this stuff, and it's like, could they not have? There's, there's, it's like, how were the pyramids built? This is how. Like, we know how. Yeah, we know I feel how like they right. built the pyramids. Two hundred years from now, there's gonna be a guy that's just like, man, how did she never get audited by the IRS? Um, uh, <laughs> aliens. Yeah. Aliens. There's gotta be aliens. And I think people that enjoy ancient aliens, um, it's not it's not like a knock against you. It, especially if you're not like Well, people aren't people aren't enjoying it for racist reasons. I don't I don't think I, they I don't, don't think so. Most people I think, probably I don't, it probably doesn't even occur to most people because it's like Yeah. I suspect I mean, I don't know. Like if you're not if you've not I don't know. I this is this is definitely like I suspect most people who have watched Ancient Aliens and the racist aspect never occurred to them are probably white. If that, because it's like, I don't know. Yeah, probably. It's just if you, I don't know. It's if you're not like, if you like, if you basically own all culture and are represented in everything you don't really it, it's like you can do things like well what if aliens made that you're like oh that is kind of a fun idea and you just you don't think about the implications of that because you own everything else so what i don't i'm yeah. not i'm not explaining myself very well but it's like no i, I completely under, understand I mean, it yeah it's, it just wouldn't occur to you because you're not thinking about that it's those right. things that like you never realize are like racist or xenophobic until somebody like gently asks you to take a second look at it. It's like when somebody like has a tool in the kitchen or something that breaks and they're like, of course it broke because it's made in China. And it's like, let's examine why you feel that way. Mm -hmm. uh, right. They weren't saying it to like be xenophobic, but it's just something that's like so deeply ingrained that they don't really realize that it's there. Exactly. That reminds me of when we were at Cracked, we got a lot of crazy China stories with, uh, and it's that's a genre oh, yeah. that is a genre that exists entirely because of uh, subconscious racism. It's a news, yeah, the news story where it's like here's some wild stuff, you know, uh, a Chinese zoo shaves a dog and convinces people it's a panda. Yeah, and it's like no, no one was convinced. Like yeah. when you look into the story, it was like oh, they were doing a fun promotion thing or it was a fun gag. Yeah, but like we are like you'll see like literally like CNN interpreting it as like can you believe it they thought it was a panda and it's no, like they didn't. no they didn't no, no one thought like, it was a panda 
Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like the people that are like, they want a non-binary Santa Claus, and it's like one person on Twitter said it as a joke. Like exactly, it's, yeah, yeah. Every yeah. time it's like people are pushing back. It's like no, it was one person. Right. Um. Yeah. So this kind of. <sighs> but the ancient era is it's it's it, it is an th- important thing to to realize. Yes. Uh, that it is stemming from again, like uh, probably not like an insidious. Like, no, I don't think so. It's racist yeah. push. It's just a passive like racism that we have uh, in our culture, where we're like, it must be aliens. Part of it's also that we just love aliens, or we did. We do, in the yeah. 90s. We like the I idea. I love of... aliens. Yeah, uh, yeah. I've driven to Roswell on purpose. Wow. Oh fuck yeah! Hell yes! Hell yes! Yeah. Um, so yeah, I wanted to see the black mailbox and all the other cool stuff. So I just did a little alien trip for a weekend. Nice. But it was like, I, I, oh, go ahead. No, I'm just going to say, I, I really want to do a Roswell trip. We should do that. Uh, that sounds a lot of fun. Um, yeah. All I was going to say is this is like when we did the episode about Craig Zoller's movies with Jason, Dave. <laughs> it's like when the first time I saw Bone Tomahawk, I was like, wow, that was really good. It was like, it was like, uh, oh yeah, like Jaws. Like it's because it's like formatted the same way as Jaws and everything. It never right. occurred to me that movie is deeply racist. Yeah. yeah. And I would, I would argue with that, with that guy, I would argue that no confirmation but I bet that's a way less passive uh, racism going on. Oh no, going I on know. There. Like his, that's a way more his, active. His producer is is the guy that produced that movie that uh, fucking Ben Shapiro's company yeah. bought. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ranting oh. about woke Hollywood. It's like, yeah, I feel like Craig Zoller's probably. <sighs> yeah, I feel like it's probably yeah. deliberate. It's state. <laughs> It's sinister, so it's deliberate because like everything that's ever come out of Dallas Sonia's mouth is like, I I make uh I make movies for like uh he said it without saying it in terms of just like the people that aren't offended generation yeah uh, yeah he used like really weird non-committal language but it was dog whistling mm-hmm. as hell it was dog whistling and then it was just like not even dog whistling anymore after a certain point because then you get like brawl in cell block 99 and then you get dragged across concrete and then you just right. get you're like just, you're giant... just saying it now <laughs> at that not... point he's like just fucking saying it uh he's able he was able to hide for because brawl i would say has that like john carpenter feel where you're like oh right, it's yeah, I gritty liked, i liked brawl it and didn't, then, didn't and even it's... occur to me <laughs> Well, it's and it's a thing growing up in the punk ski scene. Like a shaved head doesn't necessarily mean right. what it could mean. Mm-hmm. So it's like giving it the benefit of the doubt, and then rewatching it and being like, "No, yeah, it's a Nazi." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's like oh, a lot of a lot of Nazis like this movie. I wonder why. Yeah. And then you look back at it again. It's like oh, I see exactly why. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, a anyway, man. That's ancient aliens. <laughs> that's ancient aliens. <laughs> Uh, on a similar note, there's going to be an animated Peeps movie. Sure. Does anybody care? Do we care? No. Uh, Any opinions? Does it matter? I mean, they managed to make a Lego movie. Yeah. But, like, there's, like, the Lego movie in terms of just, like, yeah, it was, like, selling stuff, but at least it was, like, well casted and had, like, its jokes in it because, like, Charlie Day and that spaceship, spaceship bit, that made me laugh. Oh, yeah. But then you have like the emoji movie in which uh, they all enter a cloud and then they explain what a cloud is and then what you could do if you subscribe to a cloud. Have you? (laughs) Oh, no. Vanessa, have you seen? I've actually seen the pitch for that. Have you seen it? 
No, what? It's the it's the most cynical. Like they they literally the only idea in the pitch is them excitedly talking about how many brands they can integrate into it. That is the oh, entire yeah. pitch. Oh my like god. Like there's no there's no story. It's really vague. It's just it's all about brand synergy. It's <gasps> it's incredible. <laughs> oh my god. That okay, so that made my eyes cross for like a second. I really need to see it, uh, but also it's, it gave it's me out a headache. There. <laughs> it's out. I forget where I saw it, but it's out there. Oh my god! I, <clears throat> I'd rather have a movie about the person that makes that pitch than that movie. Yes, that would probably be a sweet movie. <laughs> It'd be like Barton Fink. The the Lego Movie did that thing right where it it just it opened the floodgates because now. We hear animated Peeps movie and we think maybe. Yeah, maybe. I like, mean, like, oh, I mean, knows, well, maybe. You, you know, Clue was good. Yeah, it's not yeah, impossible. Yeah, yeah. It, you but know. Clue, Clue was about people. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so I just I think and it's there's that like where there's like, like the bones of a premise in Clue with uh yeah. with Peeps. It's like what even would this movie be? <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing is like the Lego Movie. I think we have to accept was an anomaly. Uh, and yeah. not use that as a reason because uh, it's the exception, I, not the rule. Exactly. exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For so sure. yeah, this will statistically speaking not be good. Uh, will be uh, the fucking Angry Birds or whatnot, and it'll make a uh, billion dollars because parents. It'll come out some month. There aren't many kids' movies, and parents sure. will have to bring their kids to something. Because kids are little terrorists. So, so like, yeah. If Goodnight go, Mommy has taught us nothing. Exactly. And the lodge, the lessons of the lodge. Yeah. Is that yeah. kids are kids terrifying. fucking suck. If she'd had if if Riley Keough had Angry Birds with her, that movie might not have happened. Exactly. It sat them kids in front of Angry Birds for the weekend. <laughs> 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 um well that's it for news stories. We oh, have some more uh, producers. Yeah. Let's get through these last nice. producers. Mm. Uh thank you to Space McNulty. Uh thank you to Hiram. Woo. Thank you to, oh, great, it's that guy. Mm. Thank you to Nolan Mayton. Thank you to normal man Andrew McGuire. Woo. Thank you to Ozzy. Thank you to AJ. Mm. Thank you to Tip Drizzle. Yeah. Thank you to Frank Lee Amish. All right, let me jump in here and take the rest of these. Yeah. Thank you to Burrito Mouth. Thank you to Mrs. Thank you. Voidus. Woo. Thank you to the ghost of Dave Thomas. Thank you. Uh, thank you to Aaron Burser. Thank you. Thank you to David Knife Boot. Henson, nice MBA CPA. Thank you to Christopher Robert Sparts, Esquire. Thank you. Thank you to Mackenzie, Righteous Hand of the Lizard People, Chill. Nice. Thank you. Thank you to Funky J. Funky J. And thank you to Pie Guy. Pie Guy. Darren Aronofsky's been a, been with us for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dave. Dave. What? David. What? What? Cut the shit. What? Cut all of the fight? shit. Are we going to fight? Slice what's going on? through the shit. All right. And Slice tell me if you have a movie that deserves more hype. I do. Oh, man. I thought you might. Yes. That's why I came here. That's yeah. entirely why I came here. I've tricked you all into letting me on here so that I can find <laughs> out about a movie that deserves more hype. Oh, yeah. And you're gonna. Mm -hmm. this, is a, this is a movie <laughs> called In the Earth. Mm -hmm. uh, this is currently resting at a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, it is, I, I actually don't know when it's coming out. It's gotta be soon, right? I think it's very soon. Yeah. This is, uh, speaking of like good night, mommy and slow burn. Oh yeah. This is coming out a uh, limited release April 16th. Uh, 
So I, I imagine, yeah, that's a theatrical, and then it'll come to streaming mm-hmm. shortly after. This was directed by uh, Ben Wheatley, who um, who directed High Rise and Free Fire. Fire. Uh, and I didn't know this is going to be directing the Meg too. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So they're gonna uh, they're gonna Wingard his ass. At one point in time, <laughs> he was directing both the Meg two and, and uh, Tomb, Tomb Raider two. Yeah. So they're Wingarding this motherfucker. It was real uh, shocking. And it, it's kind of a shame, but I don't know. Maybe he'll make good big movies. Uh, I wish him the best of luck. But he made this movie uh, dur- during the pandemic in fifteen days. Uh, and it's being described as uh, annihilation with more aggressive design and outright gore. It's um, a virus movie, uh, which I'm not particularly fond of. Pandemic made movies about viruses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it sounds like it's more than that. It's um. It looks that way. Yeah, it's a bunch of people going to the forest uh, to look for, I think, a doctor. Uh, and in the forest, shit goes out of control. They meet a man who I think claims to be able to control the forest. And as you can tell in this movie, it's like something something fucked up happens. Uh, again, 15 days, just people in the forest, pandemic movie. And yet it looks pretty intense. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that's that's my pitch for In the Earth. Yeah. And I haven't seen people being talking about it that much. Um, you guys watch the trailer? What do you think? I think it looks interesting. I like that there's there's seems to be a supernatural element uh, which appeals to me. Same. Yep. Um, ben Wheatley also was an EP on the Greasy Strangler, Dave. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a man of taste. A man yes. of taste. Of greasy taste. Of extremely greasy taste. Uh-huh. Uh, no, I'm I'm into this. Um I don't think I've seen any of his movies. Like I've seen part, I've watched half of the the Rebecca remake that he just did. But that's it. I haven't seen High Rise or Free Fire. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I I think I saw. Oh shit! I don't know if I've seen any of his movies. I gotta watch both of these because they both looked very interesting. I and people seem to like them. And I don't know. The, he he has a reputation for himself at this point. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, he did do a movie that I loved. Uh, what movie? Which Kill one? List. Oh yeah, yeah. That's this is like his return to horror too. Yeah, uh, I loved Kill List. All right, that makes me more hype. Oh, yeah, I don't know Kill List. I'll have to check this out. And so I don't know it. Uh, I I I always get bummed when there's these directors and then Hollywood just engulfs them. Uh, so I'm glad he got to make this movie before going off to make the, I assume, Jason Statham film, The Meg 2. Yeah. Um, although I do hope that he, in making The Meg 2, he makes a, a better version of well, The Meg. Uh, Jason Statham apparently has script and story input on The Meg 2, so it, oh, it no. should be incredible. Well, it should be either incredible or terrible. I mean, Um, I'm holding out hope that if Statham is contributing to the script, that means he's going to kick the shark. That's true. I just think, like, Vin Diesel uh, has trained me to think that when a bald action man gets involved with the story, it's a good thing. But that's not necessarily true uh, with Jason Statham. I don't know. I will see. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. 
Yeah, I have that similar anxiety. Like you said, the Wingard anxiety in terms of just like, I was excited to see what other pieces of just like original media that he would want to take on. Um, I think something similar like was also occurring with like Fede Alvarez, who was another dude that like I very much yep. was like mm-hmm. really excited to see these other like small original ideas. But clearly there's like these big budget things that are just like taking up all of their time because, um, yeah, I have seen like some other Ben Wheatley movies that I really enjoyed and I've also seen the Meg and I can tell you what I'd rather watch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. No, it's, the it's, Meg was bad. It's sort of, um, I mean, this. it's something that applies to a lot of things, but the Black Mirror episode, 15 Million Merits, is kind of the story of a lot of, I think, horror filmmakers, too, where it's like they come up, they get noticed, they're like, great, all right, now get in get in this big machine. Uh, and they do, and then you forget, and you sort of lose sight of them. Yeah. Uh, and, and so uh, that's always my fear, where it's like, yeah, they're making... They're making really unique shit, and then it's like, "Good job! You don't have to do that anymore. Now yeah. you're now you're gonna do other things." Which is why I really like going back to um, Andrew Garfield and Under the Silver Lake, mm-hmm. because that's sort of what that's about. It felt like yeah. the director of it follows kind of being like, "I don't fit," or "I don't feel like I fit in this world," um, or at least that's how it. Yeah, that's how it came across. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely an element of it. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of these people, I do hope that they'll go the other way and be like, I'm just going to make weird shit for the rest of my life. I'm just going to make indie films. You know? Yeah. I think about Terry Gilliam where his his the biggest budget he ever got was 12 Monkeys, I think. Oh. Yeah, I think that's right, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, Jesus. Like, good for you, I guess. Um, But anyway, everybody should check out the trailer for In the Earth. Yeah. I'm going to. It's uh might be your jam. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Um yeah. I think that's it. I think that's a sewed. We did it. I, th- I think that's a sewed. We did a whole sewed together? An entire sewed. An entire Oh man. Sewed. Vanessa, thank you so much for being on the on the show. Thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. Y'all are great. Oh, Aww. you're great. You're great. <laughs> um, what do you got? What do you got to plug? What do you want to promote? Tell us. Tell us what's Where going on. Where can we find you? Yeah, actually, uh, my plug is also going to be a shameless ask that I would love to have you both on because it's uh, very much the kind of thing that I would love to just uh, rant with you for like two hours. But uh, I host a podcast called Kicking and Screaming, uh, where we have somebody come on. Um, usually, it's just the two of us, but whenever we have a guest, the uh, guest would pick either a horror movie or a martial arts movie and we will pair with it um, a movie of the alternate genre to make a kicking and screaming double feature Uh, because I feel like when it comes to like kung fu movie people and horror movie people they like the same stuff but they don't realize that they would adore each other's genres um because they're also both like discredited genres uh Mm. so basically we're just trying to get people to like reach across the video store aisle essentially (laughs) um and uh so would also love to have y'all on and pick a movie and make a bizarre ass double feature but if you like horror and if you like kicking and punching you'll probably like kicking and screaming that Uh, sounds delightful Thank you. And uh, yeah, check out Fangoria.com for other articles that I have 
uh, coming out soon. I just had one that dropped because I recently found out that my uncles were Lucha Horror directors. Um, so that oh, was a shit. fun family discovery. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. yeah, and you can find me on at Ness Gritton on all forms of social medias because I haven't changed that last name yet because it's a pain in the ass uh, to change a name in any public-facing job. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I've changed my name like six times now. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. It's hard. It gets harder each time. <gasps> yeah. yeah, every move. Um, uh, well, I guess I'll tell people about yeah, our still, Patreon. Yeah, we got it going on, yeah. Yeah, we got patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed. You go on there, you get exclusive podcasts like Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a Maniac. Mm. For $5 a month, you get both of those new episodes every week. So uh, go on there, check it out. Every Friday night, we watch movies with our patrons. Yeah. Uh, so you can also do that. One of which will probably be Space Jam. Yes! Yeah, yeah no doubt. Um, we also have a store at tpublic.com slash store slash gamefully unemployed. We're going to get t-shirts, masks, mugs, stickers, posters, all kinds of things. Check that out. Or don't I don't know I don't I'm I don't care. This is America. Yeah, you, 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 you do what you want, pal. Yeah. yeah. All right. <laughs> Say goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye, Bye. everyone. Our music is produced by Chris Corlew. You can follow him on Twitter at at the Corlew, C-O-R-L-E-W, and find more music at shipwreckedsailor.bandcamp.com. Our artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at at Justin T. Brown, and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.